Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis. This is the Catholic podcast where you will discover spunk and motivation to live a vibrant and transformational life as a child of God. I'm Rochelle Lucero, and I invite you to walk with me as we dive into all the things that Jesus gave us to do just that. I'm talking about the Bible, Catholic tradition, church documents, the catechism, the saints, the fathers, the doctors of the church, you name it, and I'll draw from it. You and I together, we are going to transform the world by letting Christ transform us. Hey, what's up? Thank you for joining me today for another episode of the Clumsy Theosis Catholic Podcast. My name is Rochelle Lucero. I'm your host. I'm thrilled you're here. I'm thrilled to be here, and I'm thrilled about today's topic. So, St. Paul, when he writes to the church in Corinth, he says, Pursue love, but strive eagerly for the spiritual gifts, above all that you may prophesy. That command to strive eagerly after the spiritual gifts has been dominating my prayer life recently. And with Pentecost coming up quickly and Lent in the recent past, I think this is a great time to talk about that link between the fasting that we did during Lent and the spiritual gifts, i.e. the gifts of the Spirit that kind of take center stage during the Feast of Pentecost as well as the season of Pentecost. It's all connected in a masterful spiritual crescendo. And once you know it, you'll be like, oh my gosh, of course, it's so obvious to me now. Like I said, it is a masterful spiritual crescendo. And once you're consciously aware of it, you're going to be so thankful that you know this because it's going to guide you on that spiritual progression from the Lenten season through to Easter on to Pentecost, the season of Pentecost and beyond into what the Roman church calls ordinary time. So to explain this, let us first set the stage. During Lent, you fasted from food and other activities, right? And in doing so, you made more room for God in your daily routine, right? You gave God more of your time, your attention, and your energy. And as a happy side effect of refocusing your spiritual priorities, you probably experienced fewer vices and a more robust, a more robust spiritual life in the end, right? At least by the time Easter came around, you were feeling pretty good, right? That is because you, as the temple of the Holy Spirit, did some serious spring cleaning on yourself so that by the time Resurrection Sunday came around, your temple, your house was clean from sin and vice, and it was all put in order. This is typical of the collective Catholic experience. Am I right? Okay, so we're all on the same page about this. Let me ask you, what happens to the temple once it has been swept clean? Is it supposed to stay empty like one of those showcase rooms in Ikea? You know, it's cute, it's catalog ready, but it's empty. No one lives there. Obviously, the answer is no, but why? I'm going to let Jesus tell us why. So he tells us this story in Matthew 12. When an unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it wanders through wasteland regions looking for a resting place, but it finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. When it comes, it finds that it is empty, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings along seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and live there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. Now here in this story, Jesus is speaking quite literally, right? Anyone who does deliverance ministry will attest to how real and literal this type of situation is, okay? 
But for today's purposes, I'm going to spiritualize this story, which is to say, I'm going to remove that literal sense and focus in on the spiritual sense. Even though, like I said, the literal sense is 100% true, real, and a valid reading of this scripture, when we read this account, if we're looking at it spiritually or literally, it doesn't matter. When we read this account, we have to stop and ask why. Why did that happen? If someone was delivered from an evil, demonic, or unclean spirit in Jesus' name, why did they stay that way? Or why did it return to that state? Like, what went wrong? Something had to have gone wrong because scripture tells us that at the name of Jesus, demons must obey. Luke 10, 17 says, the apostles go back to Jesus and they say, Lord, even demons obey us when we use the power and the authority of your name. So what went wrong? The answer is that the house was left empty. Their house, you know, the person in this story, your house, my house, is not meant to be empty. It's meant to be lived in, right? You are called the temple of the Holy Spirit for a reason. You're not called the temple of the unoccupied or the temple of the vacant, right? The Holy Spirit and all of his gifts are meant to dwell within your temple. And when they gather in your temple, which is all the time, hopefully, right? When they gather in the temple, they love a good house party, or should I say a temple party, a fruit-growing temple party. And just as a point of reference, when I say the Holy Spirit and all his gifts, I'm not just talking about the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. There are more than just seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And just for like a little teaser in an upcoming episode, I'm going to look at Isaiah, Romans, 1 Corinthians, Ephesians in a couple of weeks, and um, we're going to learn more about these spiritual gifts, which surpass the seven traditional ones. But I do just want to introduce the immensity of the gifts and how much room and space they are supposed to occupy within your temple, right? Your temple is huge, right? Think about like a temple. It's not like a little cottage. It's a huge, vast space that needs to be filled by the Holy Spirit and all of his gifts. There's just a lot that needs to go in there. But back to back to your temple. If the Holy Spirit isn't invited or welcomed or you don't develop a friendship with him and you're not cultivating relationship with the Holy Spirit within the walls of your temple after you've cleaned it up, someone else is going to try to make a move on that prime real estate, also known as you. You are that prime piece of real estate. And I know I'm squeezing a lot of life out of this metaphor. The moral of the story here is that after you clean your temple during Lent, right, you got rid of all those vices, you made so much more room in your thought life, in your heart, in your daily activities, you now have to fill all of that, right? Because we're about to enter into Pentecost and you need to fill yourself even more so with the Holy Spirit, right? Now, if you've been baptized, you've already received the Holy Spirit at baptism. And if you're a Catholic or Orthodox, you've been sealed with the gifts of the Holy Spirit at confirmation or chrismation. So does that mean that your work here is done? There's nothing left for you to do, right? Because you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. St. Paul, when he says to strive eagerly after the spiritual gifts, the church in Corinth had already received their sacraments, just like you and I. They've been baptized. They've been confirmed, right? They've had all of this stuff, but still he gives them the directive to strive after the spiritual gifts, meaning there's more to do. They need to grow the spiritual gifts that they've been given at baptism, and they also need to ask God for more, acquire more of what they already have, or to develop more additional gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
St. Paul is telling the Corinthians, hey, listen closely. This is what the Christian life is. It's spiritual gifts in action, growing, acquiring, and using the gifts of the Holy Spirit all the time in a radical way in the world. And the reason he tells the Corinthians this is because that is how we as Christians, followers of Jesus, that is how we bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. God intended that the ordinary Christian life was to be a life where we used extraordinary spiritual gifts every day to bring freedom, to bring life, and to bring peace to the world. Thankfully, thankfully, more and more Catholics are being taught and formed in this fundamental truth, as well as our non-Catholic Christian brothers and sisters. What we can do now as we approach Pentecost, many parishes, families, and people have a tradition of praying a novena to the Holy Spirit. And the point of that novena to the Holy Spirit is to call down a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, right? It's for us to strive eagerly after the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is for this upcoming season of Pentecost, but not just Pentecost. It goes into the next season. Also, what comes after Pentecost? The Roman church calls that ordinary time, right? And in ordinary time, it actually means extraordinary because we're using the extraordinary gifts of the Holy Spirit in a very radical way. And it's also supposed to carry into the season after that, into Advent, right? So we're actually supposed to be operating in the gifts of the Spirit all year long. God knows that doing things on a cyclical basis helps us to just go deeper and deeper and into different levels of our spirituality and our growth in the gifts and our understanding of how to use them and what he wants us to do with them. So that's what we need to do this Pentecost. And we can start today right now by partnering with that extraordinary Christian life God intends for us and provide our souls with some rich soil in order for us to cultivate these spiritual gifts, right? We're going to do this through declarations. Declarations are us simply declaring the truth of God with our lips and praying it with our hearts. All right, so to do our declarations, we just need to get in our prayer posture and we're going to say, in the name of Jesus, I declare and decree, I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. I have made more room for the Holy Spirit to dwell within me. I have been given the grace to strive after the spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit will multiply his gifts within me. With the Holy Spirit, I will bear much fruit for the kingdom of God. As a Christian, my life is extraordinary because of the spiritual gifts. Amen. I highly recommend that you pray these declarations over yourself repeatedly. Um, You will find them on my website, okay? There's a link in the show notes for that. I have a page dedicated to episodes on the Holy Spirit and related gifts and stuff like that if you want to start prepping yourself for the Pentecost season. So that'll be linked on the website also. Before we go, we do have to thank our top financial supporters who, along with other donors, make it possible for you to listen to this episode today, for you to learn all that you are learning from Clumsy Theosis. Our top financial supporters are 
Lewis, Gary, Jason, T-Rex, Gina, Vincent, and Sherry. If you like tuning into this show, please donate. You can learn more about how you can donate what you get for donating at clumsytheosis.net slash donate. If you have any questions, you want to reach out to me for anything, email me clumsytheosis at gmail.com. Until the next episode, peace out. Welcome to the end of the podcast. Since you made it this far, you know what that means, right? We're like totally best friends now. (laughs) But for real though, thanks so much for spending time with me and growing in your faith knowledge and letting Christ transform you. Since you stayed this long, I'm thinking that you liked the episode. So will you do me a favor and share it with a friend or all of your friends on social media? While you're online, I invite you to check out my website, clumsytheosis.net. There you're going to find all of the things that you need, such as how to get in touch with me, how to book me as a speaker, how to find my social channels, how to sign up for our weekly email, and very importantly, this is very important, how to donate if you'd like to support the show. This show is listened to in approximately 90 countries across the globe. So if you find value in this show, please consider donating at clumsytheosis.net. Anything that you give is very much appreciated and it is super helpful. All right. Thanks again for walking with me today. Remember that we can transform the world by letting Christ transform us.